Well, welcome, welcome, welcome this morning. We are continuing in our series called Discover Your Design. And I know as uh, many are continuing to start to come back, uh, getting acclimated to this series, I want to kind of just catch you up a little bit as we look at this series. We've been talking about what does it look like to really understand uh, how God wired us, how we're designed, the, these unique gifts that He's given us. We've looked to His Word and we've recognized there are these unique gifts that God has given us and, and how He made us. And, and really, ultimately, those gifts are to bring glory to God, but we also recognize those gifts are also there to serve other people. And uh, I think as we are discovering a little bit more about ourselves and how God made us, the gifts that He's given us, how He, how he designed us, we're also learning to recognize Recognize the gifts in other people. Uh, and if you will recognize and understand the gifts in other people, what begins to happen is it really begins to help you in your relationships with other people. You see, there's, there's a gift that you have that's different than the gift I have. How I many you know? We're, we're all different. We're wired differently. We're created differently. We're all made in a unique way, and God designed those gifts. In the last few weeks, last two weeks, was really more about the principles of gifts. If you're like me, I can tend to, to go towards efficient sometimes over-effective. Sometimes being efficient is effective, but sometimes what is efficient isn't always effective. And so what I'll do is I'm going, all right, we're talking about our gifts. We're talking about, you know, what we want to just tell me what my gift is and tell me what to do. But I think unpacking and understanding what God's Word says about uh, these gifts and these unique ways in which He wired you, understanding the principles of how we strengthen those gifts and, and what does it look like before we actually dive into what those gifts actually are, which we're going to do today. We're going to look at what some of those gifts are. But, but when you understand the principle, it helps you be able to see the context of why, the why behind the what and how God designed not just you, but us and each other and how we interact with one another rather than getting so dialed into this is who I am this is what my gift is and this is how I operate because what we begin to do is when we know what our gift is we go well that's just how I operate that's who I am and it, it does help us be able to understand how to leverage and utilize our gift to be a blessing to others but sometimes as we're growing in our gift it also becomes an excuse on why we are the way we are and so this is going to help us and what I want to do is like I said the last few weeks have been a little more principal I want to get real practical with you today, and I want, to, I want to help you really hopefully walk away with some practical ways to understand how you're wired and what are the things that perhaps keep you from operating the gift and how God wired you. I want you to open up your Bibles, Romans chapter 12, verse 6. I want to take a minute as you're uh, getting there. It'll be on the screen in a little bit, but as you're flipping there, I want to say happy Father's Day to all the fathers in here. I'm going to take a minute at the end of service. I want to pray for you, encourage you, very grateful for you dads. But, you know, thinking about being a dad, um, I think about uh, as my, my kids got a little bit older, and there were times where I didn't travel often, but there were times where I would travel. And when I would travel, you know, I would, I would kind of, you know, like most dads, you're thinking about getting your kids something. So you start bringing them things uh, home when you traveled. And, and after the first couple of times, you know, they're real excited. They're like, Dad, we love you. How are you? So good to see you. Then after a while, they started recognizing, wait a minute, Dad's got goodies. When he comes home, he brings us stuff. And so all of a sudden, you know, I would come home and I would, I would show up and I'm thinking, I'm here, kids. 
I am the gift, right? Like, you love me, you're excited to see me, you're so glad I'm home. But that's not actually what they said. What they said was, Dad, what did you... Yeah, your kids must be hanging out with my kids. Dad, what did you bring me? Like, hey, you know, and I've got three little girls, you know. I was the oldest of three boys. When you bring uh, gifts home for your boys, it's like, it's real easy. You're like, here's a rock, son. You know, it's like, I was out. I found this rock. It's real cool, you know. But girls, you know, you got, like, it's a whole package, you know. It's like dresses and tiaras and, like, wands and their shoes that go along with it. And you're like, man, I got to bring an extra bag just to put all that stuff in to bring home to the kiddos, you know. And, and sometimes that's how our gifts are. What we think we're offering, I thought I'm offering, I'm home, I'm the gift. Sometimes what we think we're offering isn't really what we're offering. Sometimes the gift that we think we bring really isn't the gift that we bring. And so I want us to begin to discover and understand what that looks like because when you see this, discover your design, when you hear that, there's a few questions that begin to pop into your mind. There's a few thoughts. The first thing is this. Okay, discover my design. Well, well how do I know what my gift is? How, how do I know what it is? And secondly, what's keeping me from using my gift? Why do I seem to keep hitting a roadblock? I, I feel like I know what my gift is, but I'm not getting any traction. I'm not moving ahead. Now, and I want us to look at Romans chapter 12. Now, before we uh, jump to verse 6, I want us to look at verse 3 because this is where it all started. This is the beginning of the series and what kind of became the foundation of this series of understanding how God designed us and how He wired us. And here's what it says. It says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. So what's he saying? He said, I want you to have sober judgment. That, that's really the, the key focus here, sober judgment. Now there is grace, there are these grace gifts that are given to you, and he says, don't think too highly of yourself. But he's also saying, don't think too low of yourself. Think appropriately of yourself. Have sober judgment about how God made you and how He wired you. And the reason I want to dive into this, and I really want, I want to unpack this, is because as you look at these gifts, and like I said, we're going to look at some of these gifts. What are these gifts? We're going to look at some of those today. There are actually 21 gifts in the Bible. Seven of those gifts are found right here. They're found in Romans, and we're going to read, and we're actually going to go through each of those seven gifts. But then you, you also have these other gifts that you talk about. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12. These are the spiritual gifts. I, I like to kind of phrase this as the wanting gifts. I, I say that because Paul actually writes and says, you should desire these spiritual gifts. You should, you should pray for them. You should want them. You should be longing for these gifts. And, and, and these are gifts that, that play out and God uses them in, a, in, a, in different ways. And we should seek them. We should want them in our life. Then you have Ephesians 4 where we find some other gifts. These are what I like to call the walking out gifts. These are the gifts that, that you walk out. It says some of these gifts, not all of us have these gifts. Now, it doesn't mean make anyone better or less elite or not. These are a gift that's like a calling, that people have these gifts and they walk it out. It becomes their calling, but it's not for their own benefit. Those gifts are actually there to equip other people. 
So those are some of those 21 gifts. And then we have these seven gifts here in Romans 12. And, and again, he says, I want you to think in a sober way about these gifts. I want you to see these appropriately. I kind of call these gifts your wiring gifts. This is how you're wired, how God designed you, the wiring and the makeup. You, you may have, have, have heard that phrase before. Well, that's just how I'm wired. This is what, like I said earlier, it's, it's, it's the way in which I see the world and how I operate. It's the thing. Some would actually say they're motivational gifts. You find encouragement through them. You find excitement through them. They give you life, but in the same hand, sometimes, as I said earlier, they can be an excuse. Well, that's just how I'm wired. I can remember a friend of mine uh, telling a story of an interaction he and his wife had. They were having a passionate discussion. Any husbands and wives in here had passionate discussions, right? And he said, well, that's just, that's just the way I am. That's just the way God made me. And she said, well, maybe that's not the way God wants you to play out how he made you. Because sometimes the way in which we are wired, sometimes wires can get crossed. And so we don't understand exactly what does that look like. And see, we read this like we read in Romans chapter 12, verse 3. And we naturally go to the gifts. But here's what I want us to understand. You can't understand the gifts without understanding grace. It's through this grace. There are these grace gifts. Now, what does grace mean? Grace is the root word charis, which has multiple meanings. Okay? You have grace. It also means gift, joy, right? So there's this grace gift God gave you. You have a joy about it. There's rejoicing, but there's also this aspect to it that's really important giving and receiving. You see, this grace gift, you understand that God gave you this gift and that with through grace, there's this giving, right? Your gift, as I said at week one, your gift is not like a birthday gift or a Christmas gift or maybe a Father's Day gift. It's for you, okay? It's, it's not that way. The gifts that God gives you are also for other people. So God gives you this gift. You understand God's graced you with this gift. But here's the other thing is you have to understand that God needs you to receive grace, to have grace for other people's gifts. You see, most of the time what we do is we all want to gravitate towards people who are just like us. But we have to have grace for people that are different. Here's the easiest way to recognize that. In the relationships that are closest to us. I've shared with you about Wendy and I. Okay, Wendy, she's kind of a free spirit, you know, some people would say kind of like a hippie, you know, I'll give you an example, okay, if we see a field, and there's a lot of tall grass, and there's, you know, a couple of flowers in there, Wendy's like, look at all the wildflowers, it's beautiful, I look at it and go, who had mowed the yard, someone get a lawnmower out here, we need a bush hog, get all that down, I mean, look at all those weeds, I call them weeds, she calls them wildflowers, okay, Wendy's all about, babe, let's just chill. Let's just relax. You need to calm down. She's like, babe, you have no chill. I'm, I probably don't. And I'm like, babe, we got to get stuff done. Come on. Because Wendy would let, let's chill on the back porch. and Let's listen to the birds chirp. And we're going to journal and talk to Jesus. And listen to worship music. And it's awesome. And we need that. But I'm like, let's get some stuff done. I don't need her to make me a honeydew list. I already got a list of stuff I want to get done. Because early on in marriage, I'm thinking, let's do stuff. 
I've shared this story with you before. Two years into marriage, we're on vacation. And look, I got a game plan. We're going to do this at this day and this at this day. And then look, if it rains at this day, then we'll do this because you don't want to be doing this when it's raining and this, that, and the other. I'm like, she's like, baby, you're like, go, go. She told me, she said, can I just tell you something? You're the worst person to go on vacation with. I said, well, you stuck with me, so we got to figure something out. <laughs> we're going to be taking a lot of vacations together. You see, when I have grace for Wendy, because here's what happens. We start getting frustrated and aggravated because people aren't like us. They don't see it the way we see it. But when we understand God's given us a grace gift that is to be given away, and God's given us a grace, given others a grace gift that we may be able to receive from it, then we begin to cooperate with God and we understand how it's compatible and we see how we complement one another. And it's not just the compatibility component, because if you think about it, like, well, we're just not compatible. No, it's complementary. It's complementary. And so Wendy helps me learn how to settle down and just enjoy and embrace the moment, whereas I also help her go, hey, we're going to get stuff done. Now, does that mean I don't like chilling out? No, I do. And does that mean she never gets anything done? No, it's not. But remember what I'm talking about. This is how we're naturally wired. It's the initial way in which we view life and circumstances. And so we have to understand that there's this grace component that has to come in so we appreciate the other person. You can look at all the relationships that you have and you can see this. You start with your spouse. Look at your siblings. Look at your parents. Look at a, a business partner. Look at a co-worker. Look at even friends or acquaintances and you see how you're able to receive the gifts that they operate in and in turn, how the gifts that you operate in can be a blessing to other people. So we're going to look. We're going to continue down in verse 6 of Romans chapter 12. And watch what Paul writes. We're going to look at this. And he says, we have different gifts. You already are thinking about the different gift your spouse has, your closest relationship has, whatever it may be, your, your sibling, whoever it may be. There's a different gift that we've all been giving according to what? According to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. It's, it's, if it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. And if it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. I love how the exhortation is tied to the gift. You see, it's not just the gift. It's how you exercise the gift, right? It's how, you, it's how you communicate that gift. It's how you play that out. You see, when you look at your gift, if you're going to operate in your gift, there's two questions you have to answer when it comes to your gift. First is this, how do I know what my gift is? How, how do I know what it is? And like I said, I want to make it real practical, Sometimes the easiest way I can think about making things practical is like, let's just do like a graph, right? Let's just do a chart here. And, and we're going to kind of fill this in and we're going to go through this together. And I want to help you. We're going to unpack these seven gifts and what it looks like. The first is this, prophecy. Now you may read prophecy and you go, man, that, man whew, that sounds powerful. I want that one. Does that mean like I'm the boss? Like prophecy, I'm the boss. No, no, no. I want you to understand the difference between the Old Testament and New Testament context. Most of the time, when you see prophecy, you think of foretelling the future. 
Like seeing what's going to happen. In fact, when you read 1 Corinthians 12, one of those spiritual gifts is words of knowledge, meaning that God gives you a picture and at times you operate in that gift. Remember, we should diligently seek them, right? That would God give you would, would God that God would give you insight into what's kind of transpiring and what's happening in a current situation or what's going to happen in, as far as like how God is going to move and operate on your behalf or on someone else's behalf. But remember, these gifts here in, in, in chapter 12 are more about how you're wired, how you're created. So this is not about foretelling the future. This is more about foretelling. Meaning, someone that is speaking up, someone who is committed. I, I'll put it this way. These type of people are bold, outspoken, and committed to the truth. They're committed to telling the truth. They feel the need to speak up. You know people like that. They're like, I, it's got to be white or black. They're going to say something. They're going, this is what it is. This is how it needs to be. This is the way it should be. And they are going to speak up with boldness and with courage. So it's more about telling something, speaking something, right? So it's not so much like the 1 Corinthians 12 gift. This is a wiring and how you're designed. You have children like this. And you're like, why are they always talking back? Or why are they always speaking up? Or just do what I'm at. I've got my oldest is like that. I'm like, baby, you know, it's going to help you later in life. But at this point, you know, this is what you got to do, you know? And so it's helping shape that. Or it's like when I'm tired as a parent, and again, she's a rule follower, and I'm like, man, don't worry about it. Don't brush your teeth. Just go to bed. We're all tired. You know, and they're like, Dad, you said we got to brush our teeth every night before we go to bed. I'm like, oh, man. She got a little bit of that gift. She's going to speak up. She's going to tell the truth. She's going to go, this is what we need to do. Or, or maybe your gift is serving. You're energized by meeting practical needs. We know this person. It's the host or the hostess with the mostest, right? You want to be at these people's house. You want to go eat over there. You want to go hang out over there. You don't want to go to the people that are truth tellers. You don't want to go to their house because they're like, everyone fend for themselves. You know, survival of the fittest, right? No, these serving people are going to make sure you have what you need. Now listen, <clears throat> it doesn't mean that none of us serve. We should all serve the Lord and serve others. I, if you come to my house, you may come to my house. You may not. I don't know. We'll see. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be kind. I'm going to host you. Hey, would you like something to drink? But I, I don't have this gift. These people, they're the type of people, they like, they got like napkins and they, they think of like little name cards and they're thinking about smells and you walk in it's like... Smells like this when you walk into this room. Then you walk into this room and it's like citrus and lime because it's refreshing and you feel it. You know, I mean, they think of all the things. That person probably has that serving gift. They're thinking about other people. They inspire you to want to serve others. This person inspires you to want to serve other people, to think of other people, to help other people. Or maybe you have the teaching gift. You study and learn to help others grow in understanding. You have a passion to study the information and then help share it. They want to help people grow. Okay. Now, now just because someone has a lot of intelligence and knows a lot, that doesn't necessarily mean they have the teaching gift. Okay. It's more about how do I take and help you understand this knowledge and this information. That's a good example of the teaching gift. Maybe the gift of encouragement, always ready to inspire and motivate. 
You're always ready to inspire and motivate. We know people like this. It's like you're having a difficult time, rough day. You call them up and they're like, hey, you know what? God's with you. He's moving. It's going to be all right. You're awesome. You're, they're just encouraging. They just speak life and they build you up. And you just feel, I mean, you're like, man, I go run through a brick wall after talking to that person. They have the gift of encouragement. They motivate you. Or maybe the gift of leadership. You find fulfillment when a group of people accomplishes a goal together. It's the person that loves to see other people win. It's the person that loves to see other people come together to accomplish something. Uh, someone who has the leadership gift is someone that helps lead people to a place they didn't know they wanted to go. And once you get there, everyone goes, we did it! We did it! Why? Because it's about getting people there. That's a leadership gift that you may have. Here, here's the, the last one, mercy. You sense the joy and stress of other people and you feel other people's pain. You, you can understand people's experiences and you have a measure of empathy. Now, you, you may be looking at these and going, okay, which one am I? I don't know. Now, I want you to understand, you, you may be going, am I just one of these? Do I have to pick one? You know, There's probably one that's more prominent than others, but maybe you've heard this phrase, gift mix. You, 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 sometimes you develop your gift mix. Because it's how God's wired you. And, and whatever the prominent one tends to rise to the top, but there's also this wiring. So for example, maybe you have a prophecy, bold, outspoken, committed to truth, and sometimes it can just be kind of harsh. But as you've matured, remember maturing is not the gifts of the Spirit. Maturing is the fruit of the Spirit. So you mature, and maybe you have a gift mix, and you learn that, hey, I can be encouraging as well in this gift. And so you're not boxed into just one. There tends to be one that's probably a little more prominent than others. But there's a gift mix. But here's what I want you to understand. Your strength, though, can become a weakness when you see the whole world through your gift only. When you only see it through your gift, when you're like, well, this is how I am. Everyone should be like me. Then here's what ends up happening. Other people your spouse, your co-workers, your, your boss, your business partner, they're a frustration, they're an inconvenience, they don't understand because you're going, everyone should just be like me, think like me, why, be wired like me, thank God we're not. Because no one wants a world where we're all the same. That's the unique nature in how God wired us and designed us and brought us together. Remember the context of what he's writing in Romans 12. We are what a body. Each part plays its own part. So when you only view the world through your gift only and that everyone should be that way, it can cause challenges. It can cause difficulty. And that leads us to number two. What's the second question that, that, that we're, we're asking ourselves? Well, then, what's holding me back from using my gift? What, what is it? And I think there's some barriers. There's some traps that keep us from using and leveraging our gifts. So we're going to look at these same seven gifts. And now we're going to look at the barriers. First, this, if prophecy is a gift, that, that foretelling is a gift that you operate in, here's a barrier. You value being right over relationships. I would tell young married couples this all the time. You can either be right or you can be reconciled. Which do you want to be? You value, I'm going to be right. I'm going to win. I've had to grow in that. I'm going to win, win, win. And I'll win it all. Not realizing that I may be being right, 
but I'm ruining the relationship along the way. We know people like that. If there's a guy or an individual you know that's a hammer, then guess what? Everything is a nail. Well, guess what? If you know anything about life or you lived any longer than a few days, then guess what? You know everything is not a nail. But if you teach it, if you treat it like a nail, then what happens is that barrier will hinder you in your relationship and your communication with other people. Well, what happens if, if you have a serving gift? Well, here's the thing. You, you tend to overcommit. You see, if you lead people that really operate with this gift, can I tell you something? The greatest person you need to protect them, them from is themselves. Because they will say yes, and yes, and yes, and then they get overcommitted, and they get burnt out, and they get frustrated. Then they get like Martha, and they start thinking things like, well, I'm serving. What about everyone else? God, y'all a bunch of lazy people. Like, what's going on? Like, why don't you start serving? And then you become disillusioned and you become frustrated and you become discouraged and then you retreat and you go, listen, I'm not going to serve that way. I'm not going to do that anymore. You see, you have to remember that you can't love or lead people the way you need to be loved or led. You have to understand you have to love and lead people the way they need to be loved and led. Everyone is different. And this is probably the first place that you start experiencing and feeling that because you start serving other people and you get overcommitted and then you wonder, why is everyone else not serving the way I'm serving? And remember, as we looked in week one, where does the enemy want to attack? He wants to attack you in your gift because when he does that, you become discouraged, you become hurt, you become frustrated, you stop operating in your gift and then now no one's able to be blessed by the gift that God wired you with. And you're not able to walk out in the fullness of the gift God's asked you to use. What about this? Maybe teaching is your gift. Well, here's your barrier for you. You may overemphasize on information and intelligence. You get into going, I'm just going to download all this information. I'm just, it's all about the knowledge and the information. And you've got to remember that what happens is it's about helping people understand. If people walk away from a conversation with you and they think, wow, that guy's really smart. Rather than walking away going, now I better understand how to use that. Then what happens is you end up majoring on all the details rather than actually focusing on what teaching actually is. Helping someone take what you're learning, understand it, and then apply it to their own life. Well, what about encouragement? Well, how can an encourager have a barrier? Well, here's what happens. You could actually face discouragement yourself. You get stuck in this rut. Or, or maybe what happens is you start operating with flattery or, or you minimize outcomes and you, you, you kind of oversimplify solutions and think, oh, it's, it's not that big of a deal. And so you have to understand that, one, you got to be aware of that because you could get discouraged yourself and you get frustrated and you get hurt. Maybe giving is the gift that you operate in. It's the way in which God wired you. Remember, this is how God made you. Well, if giving is that gift, a barrier for you is you could feel taken advantage of. And it happens because it feels like everyone is always asking you for something. And the truth is, when you're, when you're generous, when you're giving, and you have that gift, you want to help meet other people's needs. That's really your goal. That's your heart. That's your desire. You want to help people understand what those things are. And you can handle and manage resources really well and you enjoy meeting these. And it's not always monetarily. It's not always in that way. Sometimes it's like, you know, the person that like rallies people together to help someone move, right? I mean, you know you love someone when you help them move. 
Because moving is a beatdown. And that, it ain't fun to move yourself, much less help someone else move. Okay? But you know you love them. But here's what ends up happening. is you get down, if giving is your gift, you get down into the details and you get frustrated. And you, you, start, you start focusing on things that really aren't that important. And you get so consumed with the outcome. Now, I'm not talking about if you, if you give generously and you gave resources to someone that said they were going to do something with it, that you shouldn't ensure and uphold that they're being good stewards of the resources that you gave them and they're doing with it what they said they would. I'm talking more about you get all into the details. You get so worked up and overwhelmed that really you just got to go, this is the gift that God's given me. I'm going to operate in it and then I'm going to let God continue to work all those things out rather than trying to take control of the situation. Maybe leadership is your gift and, and, and a barrier for you can be top-down, positional. You can resent the team. You can get so focused in the top-down aspect of things that you forget you forget about, listen, it's not about top down and everyone works for you. I, I, all the teams that I work with, I tell them often, you don't use people to get things done. You use things to develop people. That's a different perspective. But early on as a young leader, this was a barrier for me. It was like use people to get stuff done and not because I'm using people. I'm thinking, hey, we're all doing it together. We got a task to do. Okay, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this. Go. But that can be a barrier. And how God wired you. How about this? Mercy. When mercy is your gift, you can take offenses on of others and you can, try, and, and you can, uh, you can take those on and try and feel the weight of trying to solve them. You see, you get overwhelmed because you're thinking about other people's problems and you take on an offense for other people and it becomes overwhelming to you. You see, every one of these traps and every one of these barriers is designed to do one thing, to get you to be disengaged, to get you to separate yourself because you've experienced something in a negative way. And, and next week what I'm going to do is, is I want us to, to learn how do we use these gifts. We're going we're gonna to look at church. How do they play out and how do we use them in church and how do they play out in work? Sometimes that's the easiest way to find out how they play out because you try and tie your vocation to what your gift is or what you feel like your gift is. But then how do they play out at home? Can I tell you something? Your gift, the way God wired you, the spiritual gifts that you have, can I tell you something? They can play out at home as well, and they should. But I want us to understand that as we look at this, it's so important as we, as we wrap up our time, because I'm going to pray for you here in just a minute that you understand the context of what this is. And, and as I started thinking about it, I started thinking about environment. When I started thinking about environment, uh, I was thinking about Wendy, and, and I've shared with you before, Wendy w would turn our house into a zoo if I let her. I mean, she's convinced we need goats. The kids need a miniature, need, need. She said need, need a miniature pony. Um, we, need, we need chickens. We have to have chickens. My neighbor across the street has chickens in his garage, in a coop. It's powerful. I can hear him. Chirping, I'm going to start walking across the street for eggs is all I'm going to do. You know, I mean, it's, but you start thinking about 
chicks and chickens and, and this process. And some of you in here, I, I love to know, how many in here, like, you're into chickens and raising chicken? Anyone in here, you done their, oh, we got a few, come on, I love it, all right? How many of you, you've heard about raising chickens? You got a friend who raises chickens, anyone? Anyone? Okay, you know a few people, all right, you know people. How many of the rest of you, like, you at least watch Discovery Channel? I mean, I don't know, do anyone else in here? So, you, you know, you, you have this process and you have this incubation that has to happen. And in fact, there are times where you simulate an incubation process. And you take these eggs out, and this is, that's what this is. It's an incubator. And you take eggs, and when it's in this incubation process, you start understanding that climate is so important. The temperature is so important. It's got to be the right environment. Humidity is so important. And the way God designed it is so amazing because all of those things are in a chicken. A chicken can, can do all of that for these eggs, but if you're trying to create... A, a, and simulate this process, you have this environment, an incubator that, that does that. And so when all these things are in place, then what happens is all of a sudden we get a little bit closer, but then the, the chick has to play its part. It's got to kind of, it's got to peck through the shell. And you can't, you can't do it for him because there's, there's muscles that get developed in that process of coming through. There's things that happen, it's similar to a butterfly. You don't, you don't help a butterfly out of the cocoon because that's the last stages of muscle development in this metamorphosis that is happening. You see, the goal of the church is not for you to just to learn everything about your gift. It's not for it to be a place or a platform for your gift. It's a place and an environment for you to develop your gift. It's why we do things like 101 and 201 next weekend that Alex shared about. Where, where you can come and learn a little bit more about Milestone Church, but then you can even learn more about your spiritual gifts and how God wired you, and then how to operate the, in those gifts here within spiritual family, within a church, so that you can develop them and grow in them so then you can deploy them. Yes, here at church, but then at work and at home. You see, here's what, what happens. I, I'm not sure where you're at, and I'm, I'm going to pray for you here in just a second, because I, as I think about this, as I think about all that's, that's going on and that's transpiring, you may be here today, and you may be going, well, you know, Pastor Chris, I, I still don't really know what my gift is. I don't know what my gift is, and I don't know uh, how that looks. Or, or maybe you're here, and you've operated in your gift, and honestly, I know for me, Going through this chart as I was praying and preparing for it. I don't know about you. How many, some of you in here self-diagnosed. You're kind of some WebMD fans. You're kind of like, well, I got this. I got that. Oh, I need my gallbladder taken out. You know, I mean, I don't know how you got there. But it's like, so you're kind of, even as you're going through this chart, you're self-diagnosing. But some of you are recognizing maybe some of these barriers. It's not just the gift and how God wired me, but it's how I'm exercising my gift. It's actually causing me to be discouraged to not use my gift. Uh, and, and what happens is, I want to encourage you, don't quit. Don't quit on discovering and developing and deploying your gift because here's what begins to happen. If you don't quit, then you can tap into the grace that God gives you so that that way you can leverage and use the gift that He's given you. That's how He's wired you. That's how He created you. 